brothers and sisters in God's family. You know what a photobomb is? It's when someone's taking a photo and someone accidentally walks in or even purposely tries to do something to the photo and um, usually ruins it. Although sometimes photobombs aren't just done by people. Sometimes animals accidentally get in the photo. And, and when there's a photobomb, it completely changes the focus of everything. For, uh, for instance, um, probably been on a Zoom meeting or something and a cat showed up instead of the person. Or this one, I love the timing of this, a bird flying right in front of them as they're taking the picture. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Jaws, this may give you a little chill. Um, or, or, or this one. <laughs> that is perfectly timed there. I, this is actually my favorite, just poking his head up. You know, f- photobombs like this, it, obviously you can't plan them when it's animals like this. It, it just... It happens and it completely changes the, the focus. Today we're, we're continuing the sermon series, Jesus Always Shows Up. And no, he's not showing up for a photobomb. But he is showing up in an amazing way with an amazing thing that he gives. Freedom. Freedom for the flawed. As I mentioned earlier, we're going to look at that gospel reading, the first reading I read today from John chapter 21, a reading that really focuses on Peter. And here we see very clearly that there is freedom from our past. As you look at Peter himself, he was a guy that had quite a past. Right? He was a fisherman by trade, which meant back then, I'm, I'm not very educated. We wouldn't say he had a, a college education by any means. He was, his personality was one that, that he was just loud, he was boisterous. Um, you knew when he was in the room, he let you know what he was thinking, and it didn't matter to him what you thought about it. He was just that kind of person. And, and when he started following Jesus, that personality didn't go away. He was always the first one to do something, the first one to speak up, and so, just hours before Jesus was arrested, when Jesus said all his disciples were going to betray him, were going to abandon him, this was Peter's response. Even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. It's a pretty bold, pretty loud statement. And hours after saying that, Peter learned what kind of person he really was. Because hours after saying that, he was swearing up and down he didn't even know who Jesus was. He he showed that he might be bold and and loud and, and be the first one to say things, but He failed. He was flawed. When things got rough and there was actual threat of, of himself dying, when, when the crowds turned against him, his loud boasting 
turn to fear. And however it happened, the Bible tells us, as, as Peter was, was swearing up and down, he didn't even know who this Jesus guy was. Somehow Jesus looked right at him. And, and maybe Jesus was being moved from building to building, or maybe there was a window. However it was, Jesus looked at Peter. And I, I do not know how to even, what that look would have communicated. You, you know, maybe, maybe it communicated told you this was going to happen. Maybe it communicated disapproval. Hurt. Certainly it communicated that Jesus knew what Peter had just done. But I, 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 think, I think there's more to it. Because hours after this look, Jesus, as they're putting him on the cross, said, Father, forgive them. And that's the whole reason Jesus came. So, so in this new look, there had to be some communication of, of forgiveness. Of, Peter, you, you may have denied me, but I do not disavow you. And then, later, Jesus died. And three days after that, Peter heard this news that Jesus' tomb was empty. He ran out to the tomb to see if that was true. And then something happened, which I don't know if you quite know or remember. Do you know that Easter Sunday, Jesus appeared personally to Peter? We don't know much about this. Later that evening when those uh, disciples on the road to Emmaus, when they rushed back to Jerusalem, before they could even tell their story, this is what it says. They were told, it's true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon, to, to, to Peter. We have no idea what Jesus said to Peter. It's not recorded. We have no idea how this, this discussion transpired, what it was, but somehow Jesus appeared directly one-on-one to Peter. And then later that night, Jesus was there with, with all the disciples except Thomas. And you, you notice something right away. Peter changed. Okay, uh, Peter, who is this loud, boisterous guy, says nothing when Jesus appears to all the disciples. In these 40 days after Easter, only one thing is really recorded that Peter said. And it's just a few verses before what we're focusing on in John 21. And he said, I'm going fishing. That's all he said. See, that Peter's past, it, it weighed heavy on him. Some of you have experienced this. You've seen it. Where something big, something a traumatic happens and, and it just changes a person. They... They're quiet. They, they, they shut down. They, they, they don't say anything. They, they're just frozen. That's Peter. That the weight of his past is, is weighing heavy on him. He denied knowing Jesus, even though Jesus warned him he would do it. He, he did it. 
that the weight of that past just pulled him down. And so three times, Jesus asked Peter, do you love me? One for each time that he had denied knowing Jesus. Three times he was asked. But there are two words that were used. Um, about a month ago, I, I talked about the, the Greek language. The, the New Testament, the second half of the Bible, is originally written in ancient Greek. And ancient Greek is a very exact language. Um, the, it is so exact that... Um, for the word love, there are four different Greek words, each with their own different meaning and, and nuance. A few weeks ago, I talked about one of them, agape. That, that's a, a word that means you know the other person, but then you also act based on that knowledge for the good of that person. Well, that's used here, but there's also another Greek word for love. Um, it's phileo, and, and that's some fr- uh, close friendship love, brotherly love. It's where we get philanthropy those two different words are used. And I'm going to show you a different translation than what I read earlier because this brings out the, the different meanings. Okay, when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? That's the agape word. Do, do you know me and, and, and do you act based on that love? Yes, Lord, he said. You know that I care about you. He didn't use the same Greek word. This is phileo. The, the close friendship love. Peter could not say he had loved agape, which is knowledge and action. He didn't act in that love. He couldn't. He, he hadn't. He denied Jesus. Jesus told him, feed my lambs. A second time, Jesus asked him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? This agape love. Do, do you know me and do you act on it? And Peter said, yes, Lord, you know I care about you. He couldn't say that same word. Jesus told him, be a shepherd for my sheep. A third time, Simon, son of John, do you care about me? Here Jesus uses a different word. This is the same word Peter had been using. Peter was grieved because Jesus asked him the third time, do you care about me? Do you do what you say you're even doing now? He answered, Lord, you know all things. You know I care about you. Feed my sheep, Jesus said. Three times Jesus asked him, with two different words, but it was all to convey one message. Peter I don't hold it against you. Peter, I forgive you. Peter, I love you. Three times you've denied me. Three times I forgive you. It is that same message that he gave Peter that that he gives you and me. Okay, If, if we think that, that Jesus here is giving Peter three opportunities to make up for his past, we've got it wrong. That's not what Jesus is doing. 
It's not three opportunities to make up for the past. These are three opportunities for Jesus to tell Peter that he's forgiven. That's the same message that he gives us. Our past, uh, what we say, what we do, how we show love, that does not determine our acceptance. What we do is not why we're accepted. What Jesus did is why we're accepted. The cross. That is the message that Jesus gave Peter. It's the same message he gives us today. Whatever words he uses, it's the message you are forgiven. And we need that message because we, like Peter, we have our own past. And our past can be very powerful, can it? A past filled with our own flaws and, and failures. A, a past where we failed to show our children Jesus. We, we've failed with, in, our, in our work ethic. We, we've failed in, in showing Jesus to our friends and neighbors. A past where, where we've said one thing and minutes later we've done just the opposite. A past that is powerful because it is filled with our, our failures, our, our sins. You know, COVID has, has revealed a lot about ourselves, hasn't it? We've seen where we actually put our trust in. We've seen how easy it is for us to, to really get upset at someone else because they think something different about the whole COVID thing. Just like with Peter, our past reveals things about us. And just as with Peter, Jesus has the same message for us. You're forgiven. He is not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. He is not ashamed to welcome us into his family. I, I love what Hebrews chapter 2 says. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity, so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. He's not ashamed to call us his brothers and sisters. He's not ashamed of that because he came here and became one of us to free us. There is freedom for the flawed because of Jesus. He always shows up. And today we have a very special reminder of that, doesn't, don't we? In the Lord's Supper. A very re real reminder of how Jesus shows up in, in this miraculous way with, with the bread and wine. There is his body and blood. And he tells you, this was given, this was poured out for you, for the forgiveness of your sins. Jesus always shows up. And he gets freedom for the flawed, which then means there's also freedom to serve. Peter, he had a future. Three times Jesus assured him. He had forgiven him and he told him to, to feed his sheep, to feed his lamb. 
That was Jesus telling Peter to, to go and share the news of this freedom from our past sins. Peter was to go in and share the news of salvation through Christ and Christ alone. Peter certainly felt he didn't deserve it. But it didn't matter about Peter. What mattered is what Jesus had done. He had a job for Peter. And more than that, look what Jesus said. Very truly I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you're old, you'll stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. For over three decades after saying these words, Peter went out and he shared that news of freedom for the flawed. And you see what Jesus does here? He tells Peter how he's going to die. He's not going to die from old age. Someone's going to lead him where he didn't want to go. History seems to tell us that Peter was executed under persecution from Emperor Nero in the Roman Empire. He was led away. But that didn't bother him. He rejoiced because of what this meant. His life and his death would glorify God. He who had denied knowing Jesus would be used to glorify Jesus. Peter had a future. And so do we. We, like Peter, we, we don't deserve to, to be forgiven. We don't deserve to be, to be used in his kingdom. But he does. And it's not because of us. It's all because of him. I, I, I love this next quote. I've been holding on to this quote to use it in the right sermon probably for over a year. I, I love this. If you think that God's primary goal for you is that you be an example of moral goodness rather than a trophy of his grace, you'll never be honest about your deepest sins, struggles, and secrets ever. You'll always feel the pressure to pretend you're better than you truly are. See what they called us? A trophy of God's grace. A trophy not of what we've done, but a trophy of what God has done. It's not us. It's not us that, that makes us worthy to be part of God's kingdom, to be active in God's kingdom. It's what he's done for us. Peter didn't deserve it. We don't deserve it. We are a trophy of what he's done. A trophy of his grace. He's given us freedom from our past so that we are free to serve now. So, as Jesus told Peter, feed his lambs, feed his sheep. What's that mean? Dads? That means you bring your kids to church. 
That, that means you, you teach them to pray, you, you talk to them about Jesus, you read the Bible to them. It, it, it means um, spouses, you, you pray for each other. It means that you, you think that the teachers at Illinois Lutheran who have been teaching the little lambs God's Word through this most difficult year, it, it means you look at your neighbor as a mission opportunity. You are a trophy of God's grace, which means it's not about you. It's all about what God has done for you. So, so don't hide your flaws. Be honest about how you are flawed and how you need and have and will serve Jesus. You've been set free to serve. So, I guess, in a way, that means I want you to photobomb. <laughs> but not actual pictures. You think of what a photobomb does. It, it, it gets in the way, it, it changes the focus of everyone. Jesus always showed up. He gives, he, he gives us freedom for the flawed. He gives freedom from our past so that we may serve today and, and into eternity. He shows up to change the focus. So whether you're at home, whether you're at work, or at Speedway, wherever you are, don't, don't put the focus on you, but rather on what God has done for you. Be that trophy of His grace. And, and, and just going off that idea, if, if, if anyone has, has a shelf full of trophies, whatever they are, that, that those trophies on the shelf, they're there to, to show their, their accomplishment, what, what work they've put in and, and achieved. Or we are His trophy of grace. It's not a trophy of what we've done. It's a trophy of what God has done. So I don't know if this helps you think of this. If Jesus has ascended into heaven, so you think of Him having a shelf of trophies and and there you are right there on the shelf with your name on it because that is what he has accomplished. My friends, when he ascended into heaven, Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. So do that. Be that trophy of grace that Jesus will show up in your life to others and show that there is freedom. For the flawed. Amen.